Good afternoon, this is Greg Lois. If you're with us today, it's for our ongoing webinar series. Today, we're gonna to talk about appeals and reopeners in New Jersey. Uh, this is part of our overall uh, New Jersey webinar series, which is gonna culminate next month in our final topic in the webinar series. And then it will restart. If you've been following along, uh, you know these webinars uh, essentially follow the chapters in my book. And we've now, each one has sort of built on the one that went before. So we went through the basics of um, what are the defenses and what kind of claims are acceptable and what are the benefits. And then uh, what do we do in trial and litigation and how we hire IMEs. And then again, uh, exposures, analysis. Now we're in the appeals. Next month we're going to talk about um, the second injury fund, so sort of some higher order topics. And then we're going to start right back over. So if you've missed something, feel free to join us again because we're going to go right back through the topics all over again. Also, uh, you can go to our website under the uh, webinar archive page. Every single uh, webinar we've given, literally, literally dozens of them over the past 12 months, uh, should be about 30, 35. Every single one has the handout materials. And there are also captions underneath, so you can read along as the uh, presenters go through the topics. All right, that's a little bit of our housekeeping. Let's uh, move into today's topic. Today we're going to talk about the differences between the different types of settlements which are available under the New Jersey Workers' Compensation Act. Uh, we're going to talk about what happens when there is a judicial order. We're going to talk about who can reopen. Can we as the respondent reopen? Can the petitioner reopen? We're going to talk about commutations. I get a lot of questions about commutations from clients. And then we're going to talk very briefly about appeals. All right, settlement types in New Jersey. Settlement. These are compromise, negotiated resolutions to litigated claims. Every single workers' compensation claim uh, needs to be settled before a workers' comp law judge. This is whether or not the petitioner has an attorney. The petitioner is smart enough to say, you know what, I don't need an attorney to take a portion of my award. I'm going to handle this on my own. Uh, reaches a settlement with a workers' compensation carrier or employer, uh, that still has to go before a workers' compensation law judge. There is absolutely no out-of-court settlements allowed under our New Jersey Workers' Compensation Act. The two settlement types uh, which are uh, allowed under the law come from two different sections of the law, Section 20. Uh, this is the one that uh, where, where, uh, motivates me and, and what I'm excited about. Section 20s are lump sum, full and final dismissals without the potential for reopener. The other type of settlements are Section 22 settlements. Those are often called order approving settlement. And in those cases, the amount of permanent residual disability is resolved, as are most of the other issues in the case, but the petitioner can come back. So our goal, generally speaking, is to try to get the case to resolve uh, by way of a Section 20 lump sum dismissal. Not always available in every case, and we've talked about that in our prior um, webinars and presentations. We talked about exposure and the role of the judge. But the Section 20 settlement is the preferred settlement from the perspective of the respondent carrier. Again, it is full and final without the possibility of reopener. Every single issue can be resolved in a Section 20 lump sum dismissal. And of course, everything's paid all at once. So you, the carrier, get to close out your file, pay one uh, draft to the petitioner, case is closed. Uh, the other type of settlement, um, and again, just as popular as the Section 20, is the Section 22 settlement. Um, you're not really closing the case. You're just resolving the current issues, and those could be permanent residual disability, need for medical care, permanency, uh, and of course, any uh, past due indemnity benefits. It all gets resolved. Uh, it will be approved by a workers' compensation law judge. Uh, the challenge or the, the problem with Section 22s is they can be reopened. Um, now, 
when they are reopened, uh, we're going to steer that towards a Section 20 lump sum dismissal. And you know, uh, we tell most of our clients that when the case is reopened, you're then going to get that Section 20, that full and final. There is a prejudice in the workers' compensation courts in New Jersey towards resolving admitted, accepted uh, claims by way of Section 22. That means order approving settlement. That means they can be reopened. That's just an institutional bias. Um, the workers' compensation law, the act itself, uh, under Section 20, says that in order for a case to be appropriate for a Section 20 lump sum dismissal, there has to be some jurisdictional or causality problems with the case. Well, let's be frank. We're lawyers. We could always come up with a jurisdictional or causality problem with the case, including a difference or dispute between the experts as to the nature and extent of permanent residual, to residual disability. Uh, so, uh, however, I just want to be clear that that is a sort of institutional bias. Um, the Section 20 is not always available, particularly in admitted cases in which authorized medical care were provided and there are no jurisdictional or causation issues. All right, the other way cases close in New Jersey is by way of judicial order, and this is typically resolved after a trial. Okay, so there's been a trial, and the judge has then given an opinion in regards to the nature and extent of permanent residual disability or what body parts are injured or any other issue in the case. Now, let's talk about reopeners because reopeners are so much more common than appeals or other types of post-trial relief or issues that we confront. And frankly, they annoy my clients. Um, statistically, something like 18 to 20 percent of all cases that are on the current docket are reopeners. And it's why you'll see cases with claim petition numbers from 2010, 2011, 2012, four, five, six, seven, eight years ago still on our dockets. It's because the petitioner received that award of permanent residual disability and then within two years came back to the workers' comp board and said, my condition has materially worsened and I am due more benefits or I need uh, more medical treatment. Now, technically a reopener is actually called an application for modification or review, and technically it can be filed by the respondent as well. We see that extremely rare for that to happen. Um, but it, you can, as the respondent, say, look, judge, uh, this person still works for us. Uh, we're still paying them permanent residual disability, but by the way, judge, look, they're fine. Uh, they're working overtime, working two jobs. They've taken on a more strenuous job. How can there be any permanent residual disability? Let's review that. Uh, that would only be really appropriate in a case, um, for example, uh, where perm total benefits or dependency benefits were issued and something changed, uh, or in the case where there has been a permanent residual disability benefit and then a market change in condition uh, while you're still paying benefits. All right. Anyway, reopeners, they're annoying. Uh, they come back, but typically uh, the judges will then, at the time the reopeners brought, allow a Section 20 uh, lump sum dismissal. And why? Because petitioners have a very difficult burden to prove that their condition has materially worsened. Usually we don't see them having new interim medical care. Nothing's really changed. It's just I'm back here because I want more money. I got a letter from my attorney that reminded me it's been two years since I last reco recovered in this court. Give me more money. And that's typically why these things come back. Uh, so for all those reasons, uh, much more likely to get a Section 20 lump sum dismissal at the time of reopener in New Jersey. All right. Let's talk about commutations. My clients ask me all the time, Greg, can we get a commutation in this case? I don't want to pay this award out over the next 620 weeks, or you know, more typically 120, 180 weeks. Greg, can I just pay this out all at once? No, you can't. Okay, Greg, can you go ask them to commute those payments? Tell them they, all, they want it all now because they're going to build a deck on their house. Okay, uh, we can approach petitioner's counsel and ask them to file a commutation, but they're very rarely granted. A commutation uh, would be where the uh, um, 
the petitioner comes to the court and says, listen, I'm getting this award. It's you know, dribs and drabs. It's coming in $200 a week for the next 200 weeks. I really want to go back to school and get my degree so I can get a better job. Uh, can you commute $10,000 of my ongoing benefit so that I can pay for tuition? Uh, or I want to open a landscaping business and I need $10,000 worth of tools. Uh, in those instances, the workers' comp law judge will probably approve the commutation, particularly where it's not the entire benefit, where it's just a piece of it. Um, they will not allow it to be done for purely speculative purposes. You know, I'm going to go gamble some money in Atlantic City. I need a grand this week, uh, anything like that. Uh, they're pretty rare. Commutations being granted are pretty rare in New Jersey. And I caution clients and anybody listening against a self-help commutation where you say, hey, you know, there's only three months or four months of benefits to be paid. I'll just pay them all at once and see what happens. I caution you that uh, unlawfully accelerating the payment of benefits um, by, by the carrier. Again, you might have great intentions behind this. Hey, the person came to me and said, I want the money. Just send me one big check. You don't have to pay me out over weeks. Any type of private commutation like that is not going to be sustained by the workers' comp judge. And if the petitioner wants to, they'll still make you pay them the weekly schedule, and you might get a penalty. So I'd caution anybody about a self-help or out-of-court commutation. If there is going to be a commutation, it needs to be approved by the workers' comp judge. All right. Uh, let's talk briefly about appeals. Appeals are relatively rare in New Jersey. Uh, we are, there is just not a ton of appellate activity in New Jersey every year. You know, 12 to 15 meaningful appellate decisions come out uh, that affect the way we practice. It's just not a big deal. And I contrast that with my uh, practice in New York, where there are a tremendous number of appeals. And my office probably appeals 10 to 15 cases a month in New York. Uh, 10 to 15 cases in 10 to 15 years is more like it in New Jersey. Okay, So appeals are relatively rare. Uh, we can appeal final decisions. I'll caution counsel that are watching these webinars uh, that New Jersey's appellate briefing rules now require that in the point headers for each one of the points you raise in your appeal, you're arguing some substantive uh, jurisdictional uh, argument, you have to have raised that in the court below. And it has to, you have to give a transcript reference to where you raised it in the court below. So um, uh, the New Jersey briefing standards, which used to be kind of a little bit more lax, uh, are much more difficult now. Make sure you absolutely preserve your objections in the record below if you're considering appeal in New, in New Jersey. Absolutely all final decisions can be appealed, and typically this would be orders uh, following trials or judgments. Um, there are some uh, uh, decisions in a motion for mending temp. Once um, money has moved, you can then make those appeals. Uh, it is not correct that um, decisions on motions for mending temp in New Jersey have to, you have to wait until the end of the case. In fact, I caution you that you may be sitting on your rights if you do such a thing. Uh, once um, benefits have been paid and money moves, then the uh, issue is joined and is no longer interlocutory. I'd also caution, particularly counsel, about not consenting to uh, decisions uh, you're not happy with. Um, you know, when the judicial order comes out, don't sign it. I write on there, I agree to the, um, the form, uh, but do not consent because essentially I'm not consenting because I'm going to preserve that opportunity to appeal. Appeals relatively rare in New Jersey. It's relatively inexpensive in terms of the briefing standards, uh, and that is contrasted with other states. Appeal from a workers' compensation law judge is directly to the appellate division of New Jersey's Superior Court. There is no interim level of appeal. There are no panels of workers' comp judges or anything like that. The appeal is, as of right, immediately to the Superior Court. 
All right, let's take a look at all of the different resolution types and case types that we've talked about so far, and this is really over the entire webinar series. Uh, Section 20 settlement, can it be appealed? Absolutely not, it is full and final, it is closed. Can it be reopened? Absolutely not, that's the benefit to it. Cannot ever come back. Can it be commuted? Well, it's really not applicable because you're, they're getting all the money all at once anyway, there's no need to commute it. Section 22 settlement, often called the um, order approving settlement or just OAS. Can it be appealed? No. Again, you signed it or your counsel signed that settlement. Uh, you're consenting to it, right? There's no objection there. Can it be reopened? Yes. Uh, the petitioner can come and reopen that within two years. Can it be commuted? Yes, the petitioner can file a motion to commute it. An order of the uh, workers' compensation judge, and typically, again, orders received after trial. Can it be appealed? Yes, absolutely. Can it be reopened? Yes, just like any other uh, order approving settlement, absolutely. And how about commuted? Yes, it can be commuted, but the petitioner has to request it. All right, uh, this is a little bit uh, about uh, post-trial activity, and really that's um, predominantly reopeners. It's a little bit about appeals. Uh, there's a lot more about appeals in my uh, workers' comp handbook. There's an entire chapter in uh, the book I wrote for LexisNexis, uh, which is the uh, New Jersey Practice Guide. Um, Please take advantage, uh, I'm, I'm just so pleased at how many people attend these webinars. Please take advantage of our offers to send you a handbook. Please check out our website. I mean, every month we have at least a dozen new articles, videos, podcasts, all about workers' compensation law in New York and New Jersey. Uh, and of course, our newsletter, you can sign up for that on our uh, website as well. All right, next month we're going to be talking about New Jersey Second Injury Fund. This is going to be a very useful topic uh, because the Second Injury Fund uh, is still uh, functioning in New Jersey and does uh, give us relief in the most uh, disabling injuries where the petitioner remains or is now permanently and totally disabled. This is the chief avenue for relief to us as the employer carrier, the chief way of reducing exposure. Uh, next month is going to be uh, pretty complicated because I'm going to actually go through the different examples that involve calculations and show how participation of the second injury fund truly reduces our exposure dramatically. And then in April, our curriculum will restart and we'll go right back to the basics and start again running right through the basics from an injury occurred at work, what happens next, all the way through our entire uh, webinar curriculum. All right, so thanks for joining us. Have a great day.